and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 38. I'm your host, Brian. With me tonight, Kimberly. Hi, everybody. And Eric, number one. Eric with a C. With a K. With a, oh, with a K. Yes, Eric with a K. Ian. Greetings. And we have Mac. Hey, everybody. And we have our special guest tonight, Eric Meir. Hello. And, yay. Uh, yay. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doing well. Have a good fourth? Quite well. Quite well? All right. Did you have a good fourth? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was a week ago. That's like ancient history these days. But yeah, it was so, good. Yes, I don't remember it very well, so it must have been good. <laughs> very nice fourth. All right. Well, yeah. Well, good. So we we have Eric Muir here tonight um, to talk about um, his uh, his new website, uh, Atheist for Humanity, which is uh, a nonprofit organization dedicated to charitable giving, volunteer work, and the good of humanity. Eric, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're trying to do here? That was a pretty good summary. Um, yeah, Thanks. Atheist for Humanity, we were approved as a 501c3 last year, I think about October, and started putting up the website, got it up and running, and beta tested and everything around April and May of this year, and we've been up and running fully for about two months now. And the, the main goal, like any website like ours, is to raise money for worthwhile charities. That's the primary goal. The secondary goal, however, is to give atheists, whatever you want to call non-believers, naturalists, humanists, anybody who's comfortable with those labels, give them a place to donate money to charities in the name of atheism. In other words, to let people in this country and eventually hopefully the rest of the world know that atheists are out there, they're good people, and they do good things. And for what I think is a pretty pure reason, because we're not trying to buy an afterlife, we're not trying to appease a church or um, do it because a religious person told us to. We just do it because we're good people and we want to help out. So that's kind of the, the two primary goals. Raise the money, do it in the name of atheism. But being a convenience kind of guy, I also wanted to put some other things in there. And when I donate to charities, one thing I don't like is getting on mailing lists. Because you give them 15 cents, and then you're on their mailing list for eternity, or however much you give them. So right. I wanted to create something where my people could come, could donors could come to the website, donate to charities, and we wouldn't pass along their information to the charities. They just get a check from AFH, from Atheist from Humanity. So they don't get added on any mailing lists. So I thought that was a big plus. The other thing that we wanted to have is we wanted to have it be kind of a one-stop shop. So we went out and we got a shopping cart, and we wanted to make it to where people could go on and pick as many charities as they wanted to, donate however much they wanted to each individual charity, and do it all in one transaction. You only have to fill out your address once. You only have to put in your credit card once. So we also wanted a big uh, convenience aspect to it, too. Okay. So that's kind of the, the general gist of, of what the site does and why it was set up. So now, what are the criteria that you're looking for to, to put a site on here then? Okay, well, first of all, we list the charities, but we don't list their sites. Okay. So, obviously, if anybody wants to find the Red Cross or uh, LLS or anything like that, they can they can Google it. Um, the goal is to keep people on the site. We give them a summary of the charity, and then they can donate through there. The main criteria we're looking for is mainly that they're secular. Um, it's not to say if they receive funding from religious organizations, we wouldn't look at them, but we want to ensure that the money that we're donating is not going towards the purchase of religious materials that are to be distributed, proselytization, anything like that. Um, so that's the main thing. We also look at their expense ratios, which is a big one. And the site that we use is the American Institute of Philanthropy, 
and they've kind of got a general guidebook of charities that are A+, B+, that sort of thing. And so we want to be very careful that we're not funding any charities who spend, you know, 50, 60% on corporate jets and payroll and things like that. Most of the money needs to go to the program. You know, so but, those are the two biggest things. Yeah, so uh, on that point right there, I, I, I guess I, I have – I don't know. I have some qualms about that because, on one hand, I can understand why you why you want most of your dollars to be going to helping people, but there's something to be said for giving money that the so that the organization continue to run and hire good people. And if sure. you if you're if you're looking very much at at their overhead and saying, okay, we only want them to be spending five percent on um, on salaries, that really is going to restrict what a charity can do as far as getting good people and getting out there. And the other problem I have with that is that if you're not giving enough money into oversight, then how do you know that the dollars are being spent well? That's a good point. We don't actually dig that deep into the alloc- to what they do within those allocations. Okay. We're just we're using the uh, the American Institute of Philanthropy. We're using their guidelines to say these are top rated, these are top performing charities. Um, it's not to say that they're looking for looking to for charities that squeeze their admin dollars or that don't hire quality people. We just don't want sixty or seventy percent of the money going towards those expenses because if you're in my opinion, if you're if you're spending seventy percent on people and only thirty percent on programs, that doesn't sound too efficient to me. Um, and some charities have gotten in trouble for some of those uh, things. The Boy Scouts of America is one of them that got busted. Uh, it's been years back right. because the CEO is making you know well over a million dollars, and that kind of upset some people. So, um, like I said, we do rely on the on the Institute of Philanthropy to kind of give us some guidelines to that. Um, but we're looking for you know roughly about sixty percent to be spent on programs. Okay. So okay, so you're not trying to squeeze the top, but you no. but you don't want to make sure that you that your dollars are being spent appropriately. Correct. And, and like remember I said, that it's oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Kim. It's, it's a percentage, so I mean, if it's a really big charity that gets in big names, you're talking about a larger pool to go to their salaries. Right. Uh, but I've I've heard that there's some charities, yeah, where like you know, for every dollar you give them, ninety cents goes to people on the board and and all these different expenses that really aren't serving the purpose of why you gave that dollar. So I, I think it's a fairly good indicator and it doesn't sound like what you're doing is trying to you know be like oh if you spent more than a nickel trying to keep the lights on you must be wasting it (laughs) right but you know my concern is when when you look at charities in um from that point of view that sometimes they're 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 scraping by in trying to give as much money away that they're not focusing on giving it away effectively and so one of the things when I give to a charity, I want to know that they have enough administration and enough oversight to be sure that the dollars are being spent effectively. Because if they're giving 60% of their money, you know, to, to fund these things, but yet it's not being done effectively, you know, you end up with vaccines sitting in a warehouse. True. Yeah. And that's, that's actually kind of difficult to dig down into to, I mean, to really figure out where they're spending their monies. I mean, they'll, they'll publish budgets and things like that, 990s and whatnot, but, um, to really get in deep and figure out how they're spending their money is that's we don't do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, We're I looking mainly for the expenses and for for organizations that have uh, a, a good reputation. So, Eric, you said that you tend to avoid the organizations that are getting um, more, you know, less secular funding that that are getting funding more from church organizations and things like that. It sounds like you're kind of you're going to be hitting some of the organizations that kind of need the help more anyway well so far i haven't had to avoid them it's just one of the it's one of the criteria that we look at um 
And it's, ironically, it's not something I'm really too, too concerned about because if they're heavily, heavily religious, chances are they probably don't want to be featured on our site. Right. Now, I could be stereotyping there, but (laughs) it's not something I think I'm going to have to worry too, too much about. Um, But we do try and take a look at it. Uh, For instance, one of the ones that I'm I'm going to have to dive into is Habitat for Humanity. Um, I wasn't aware that it was a religious you know, organization. Right. Yep. And one of my members said that he went, he's an atheist, and he went and volunteered one day, and they had a big group prayer before the project started. So um, I have to find out exactly, you know, I have to get some more details on them before we can, you know, work with them. And Is the organization itself religious, or is it just a bunch of people who happen to spontaneously get together and have a prayer? Exactly. Because they themselves are religious. Yeah, is it part of, is it, is, yeah, if, if a group of people that are there, or maybe it was a church that day that happened to be there, um, and they were all the ones that were volunteering, I don't know. Um, so I have to, I have to look into that a little, little bit closer before, uh, we can work with them, because, you know, we don't want to send the wrong, wrong message one way or the other. You know, the, the thing though that I, that I like about this is that I know that when I give through this, even if the, even to say, Habitat for Humanity is a religious organization, but I mean, let's say that they're doing that they're doing overwhelming good, and that they're and they're not, you know, they're not going around building churches, and they're doing exactly what they say they are. I guess I wouldn't have a problem giving money to them as long as the money is being spent appropriately. And if Absolutely. and if I gave through your site, at least we know that it's a humanist giving money to Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, and I am the same way. I don't, it, you know, it's we. It's not that we won't work with uh, organizations that have a, a, you know, are slightly religious. Uh, we just, you know, the atheists aren't going to be too pleased if they find out their donations are going to purchase Bibles and try and convert people and things like that. So we want to be we want to be careful when it's that obvious. Um, but we would work with a church or something if they wanted to do a, you know, a fundraiser where all the money went to a certain cause or, you know, do a volunteer activity where everybody's out cleaning up the side of the road. I don't have any problem with that at all. I mean, we're not a, in fact, if you look on our website, we are not political in any way, shape or form other than we want to do good things in the name of atheism. So we're pretty open. And did you say uh, that the the charities that you're working with kind of you have a, an agreement? You're not just writing them a check. You've already had correspondence that they want to be part of this. Some of them, the big national okay. ones, uh, have been a little bit more difficult to get a hold of. So right now, with those, um, let me put it this way: the ones that haven't so far, some of them they they cash the check. <laughs> right. So they, they've gotten a letter saying this is coming from atheists. You're on our website. You know, do some good things with it. Everybody's cashed the check so far. So uh, the bigger national ones have been a little bit more difficult to get a hold of. Uh, there was one in particular that said that they did not want to be part of us, which kind of surprised me. Um, I probably should be good and not say the name of them. <laughs> right. But um, we're not. Would, we're not good on this show, Eric. We're not good. Our, uh, okay. No, our uh, our. Our design is to be evil. So. Right. Our reputations okay. are soiled, but you should protect yours. <laughs> According to well, the leverage, so, it's the Eric's with the K's that are the evil ones, so yeah. your should be good. <laughs> okay. I will say that it is an animal organization, an animal protection organization, one whose banners you see on a lot of websites. Let's just put it that way. And there, it was interesting because I sent it up to one person. They passed it on to their legal department, and somebody from their legal department, their reply to me was, and I quote, no thanks. End quote. That's it. It just said no thanks. Well, they were direct. (laughs) (laughs) They were direct, and it's it's one of those legal things like, well, we can't get in trouble for saying that. They can't sue us for saying no thanks. But 
Um, I was kind of surprised, so I dug in, into it a little deeper, and one of the marketing people basically said, well, we think it's sort of misleading that your organization takes uh, a percentage of the donation and that we don't get all the money. And I said, well, isn't that what every single nonprofit in the world does because we all have to pay for expenses? But they didn't want to argue, so well, they chose not to. Yeah. So well, should we should we talk about that because when we sure. give money through your site, we are giving 5% of it to you for your overhead. Correct. And so, and I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that because you gave me a way to, to, to donate to a charity, um, and, and, and have a certain, and, and feel like there's a certain amount of criteria being met when I give that money. So, sure. so I'm giving you that money so that I know that the, the charity has been checked out. So I, people have to be paid to do that. And then the site has to be maintained somehow. Um, what, what else am I paying for? Actually, you're not even paying for the people. Um, we don't make a dime off of any of this. Everything okay. that I do, uh, everything that uh, a couple of my helpers do is all volunteer. So we actually have really, really, really low expense ratios. And when we get to the point where we're doing a lot of volume, the 5% will probably drop down to 3 or 2.5. Mainly, all it covers is the credit card processing, oh. which is... Two point something or other and thirty cents per transaction, something like that, and then it covers the um, the website and the shopping cart, which we have monthly. We had to build a, have a custom web uh, shopping cart built. Okay, and that's mainly hey, what can, it covers. Can you give a shout out to the people who are on your team? I'd love to know who they are, and and you can tell them they've now been on Amateur Skeptics. You can out them here. I can. <laughs> uh, right now, I have I have two people that have signed on: Jackie and Drew. And the main things that Jackie and Drew are helping with me, helping me with right now is we just did our launch party, and Jackie helped a little bit with that, and that went very well. Had about uh, 70, 75 people show up, so that was good. And mainly what we're trying to do right now is just outreach to get out to all the atheist groups and all the secular groups and humanists and anybody we think will be interested in us, just asking them to let their members know that we're here. Awesome. So well, and I, th I think the outreach is so great. I mean, you know, we've talked about it on, on the show and just it seems to come up in lots of conversations about just who atheists are and how we're perceived and, and getting that word out there that it's not a bad word. These aren't bad people or anything like that. So I think, you know, I love the fact that it's in the name. You know, you were mentioning at the beginning of this, you know, whatever people want to identify with. And I certainly think people can and should identify however they want to. But I really applaud you for just... This is this is the 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 one that bites, if you will, you know, that has a lot of um, a lot of connotations to it, and I, I really applaud you for putting it right there in the title and just going for it. Thank you. We actually, um, I also run the Denver Atheist Meetup, and one of the words that we always use, and and the poor people in my group hear me say this all the time, but the word that we're what we're shooting for is destigmatization. We don't like the stigma behind atheism, because. Atheists are, by and large, good people. They're smart. They're educated. They're law-abiding. They pay their taxes. They give to charity. Um, largely independent, usually, which is why it's hard to get us assembled. But uh, we're working on that. And uh, and some of the you know the two most charitable people in history, as far as monetarily speaking, are both atheists. And that's uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. And so, you know, these guys have given millions, if not billions, of dollars to charity. Now, they didn't do it in the name of atheism. I sure wish they would have. Um, but they're generally considered non-believers, and they're very charitable. And, of course, there's all the people in history that have been atheists or thought to be atheists that were very, very influential and did amazing things for the world. So um, I would like generally, to be... 
we've we've talked about on the podcast here. Generally speaking, atheists are actually better informed religiously than yeah. people who are religious. Yeah, I've told some of my people I've spoken to who are religious. I said, be very careful when you get into an argument about you know biblical things or 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 the Bible and text because they're usually really really well educated on it and they may yeah. know it better than you do. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that that we that we can also point out is that there are two very very wealthy religious figures who give nothing to charity, and they're millionaires: uh, Pat Robertson and Harold Camping. Well, yeah, but Pat Robertson considers himself a charity. Well, that's true, but he's a millionaire. <laughs> that's he's got, how he's he got, got money to, to spread. Be a millionaire was by taking donations. Let's yeah. not use <laughs> that. <laughs> and camping's the Messiah. Oh, right, I forget. Yes, but yeah, but the pimping, pimping the Messiah can get you a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, well, and that's the other th- the hurdle you have going for you is that you know you uh, having a, a religious backing of some sort will bring in money. You don't have that here. No, no. In fact, um, you know, we we always joke about where do we find the affluent atheists? Uh, they're an elusive creature, I'll tell you. But <laughs> they're out there somewhere. And you know, the 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 whole goal and the reason I think this is going to work is because. As we gain momentum, as people like Bill Maher continue to come out and openly admit to being an atheist and have no shame or or, uh, trepidation about admitting it, every day is a little bit better to be an atheist. And I would love to see the day when it's actually something to aspire to. Because one of the other things that we've talked about in in the atheist group is that – and you said I can kind of swear and be – Absolutely. Let it out. But it takes some serious balls to be an atheist. Um, I mean really (laughs) – when you think about what you have to, especially if you were raised with religion, think about what you're giving up. Not only are you going to get an infinite amount of crap from your friends and your family and your church and everybody else, but you're giving up an eternity of everything you ever dreamed of, everything you've ever wanted, God's love, Jesus' love, whatever. You have to give all that up. I mean, atheism only offers reality, and that's kind of bleak and dark yeah. and cold. <laughs> so you know what, though? It it's, it's really not, takes though. a lot of courage. I, I, I have a completely different view of this because by, by you know, releasing all of that and saying, you know, the, the, I, there's, no, there's no evidence for an afterlife, so sure. I have to do what I can do with this life right now and, and do whatever I want to do. And, and in a lot of ways, that's very affirming as opposed to I'll get by in this life. I'll try to be good so that I can get to the real life. Yeah. Now, a smart believer would say, I'm going to do both, but I still am going to keep, you know, I'm still going to keep Pascal's wager and say, eh, just in case that, right. that afterlife is there, but I'm still going to make the best of this life. I don't have to give up religion. So one of the things we joke about a lot is that, is that the atheists don't have much of a, of a marketing campaign. We don't have a, we don't have anything to sell. What's the benefit of this? Why not just stick with that old Pascal's wager and say, well, you know, just in case I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll go to church on Christmas and Easter and, you know, we'll hope for the best. Right, it's you got that basically decision. society built in sorority or fraternity of like, hey, I'm a Christian. Well, then you're in. You're my buddy. That's that, right. that you do. You give up a lot. And that's all you have to say, really. That's all you have to say. All you have to say is a Christian. There's no, uh, there's no qualifications. You don't have to know the Bible very well. Um, there's no intelligence seen... test. <laughs> no, no. Right, and but... there are, I mean, there are certainly very, very intelligent people uh, who are believers, but they don't require that you know anything, certainly, about what you believe or but... why you believe it. It's yeah. very open club. You just have to be able to say – it's kind of the anti-atheist sort of thing in that as long as you say you're a Christian, you're in. That's all you need. Right, but does God – is God going to buy that? 
I mean, if there isn't enough evidence and you're not convinced and you just go through with it just in case, if there's a God, is he going to say, well, you, you didn't really believe, did you? You just hedged your bets. Probably Would not. he know? But then again, as an atheist, what do you have to lose by that? Or I'm not as an atheist, but as, as a kind of fence sitter. You could say, well, he might. He might give me a couple of points just for hanging in there and, and listening to the message. So that's why I say it's it's – I think it's a pretty brave move to, yeah. to just cast it all aside and say I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna hang in there for that much. Yeah, well, he also might reward you for going with your convictions. That's true, <laughs> and that's that's what that's what the yeah that's what a lot of atheists would say is that if 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 there's a god that's so petty and so insecure, <laughs> right. that too that he's gonna punish me for not worshiping him. I'd probably just rather go to hell with the uh, lawyers and the rock stars. Right. It's going to be more fun anyways. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be good music and lots to drink, you know? All right. Well, so hell has, hell has all the best tunes, but I think heaven has all the best choreographers. <laughs> all right. We, we're, we're definitely off the rails here. Um, <laughs> we, we, we've got away from, from – which is fine. Um, I just want to make sure. Have we, have we talked about everything we need to talk about for this site? Is there anything else that, that needs to be said here? I mean, um, I mean, what what's coming up? What what are the what are the future plans for for Heck what yeah, you're going to do? I'd like to hear how you're. Um, you know, I know one of the things you want to do is to make sure people know that atheists are giving. Um, do you have any kind of a plan for getting into the media? Actually, uh, yeah, I do. There's a couple of different things there. First of all, back on the site, um, I should mention, even though. I'm not uh, entirely sold on the merits. Uh, we do have Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm kind of a late adopter when it comes to certain social technologies, so I'm still a little bit of a virgin using them. But they are out there, and I'm trying to keep them updated. So if anybody wants to kind of keep an eye on what's going on, that's uh, usually where I announce the new charities that we've added because we do add them occasionally. Um, as far as the future goes, there's a couple of things. Uh, the main thing we're doing right now is the outreach because – we're not going to get the attention of the media or even some of the bloggers or the big atheists until we have the numbers to show, look, this is serious. Right. Um, and we're doing good. We did a couple hundred dollars the first month. We did over 350 last month as far as donation goes, donations went, and we're continuing to build. So once we get some momentum, the one good thing about atheism being sort of a negative thing right now is I think the press does like it because it's kind of controversial. So when we can walk into the newspaper or the, or the news station and say, guess what? Atheists this year have raised however much, $50,000 or whatever for charity, that the money and the name atheists will get their attention. And so right. it'll be easier for us to get into the media because we're controversial. So that's one good thing about it. Yeah. Um, but the right now we have to get the momentum in. And what I'm hoping is that more of the groups will pick up on us and see that we're out there, the meetup groups and all the different national organizations, and we'll just tell their members, hey, this is a place you can go. It's anonymous. You won't get on mailing lists. You can donate as much as you want, even if it's $10, whatever, um, because there's two numbers that we're looking for, the money that we raise and the number of people that donate. So it's great if we have one person put in $1,000, but it's also great if we have 100 people put in $10 because then we can say 100 atheists have donated or 1,000 atheists have donated. So, yeah, so, you know, you, you guys know how the media works in this country. They have to have a reason to print it, um, and numbers tend to tend to talk. So we'll be doing – so that's one aspect. The other aspect that we'll get rolling here is once we get a few more uh, – 
once we get a little bit more momentum and some more volunteers also, we'll start doing some volunteer events. I want to do a couple of different types of fundraisers, a little bit different fundraisers than people are used to, and I'll talk about that real quick in just a second. But we also want to do some stuff, giving blood, picking trash up on the highway, just general community volunteer things. Give vaccines? You want to, huh? Can we do a vaccine clinic? Sure. All right. Sure, absolutely. The main thing right now that AFH needs besides besides money and, and uh, people visiting the site is just people that want to get involved. Um, I've got the Denver Atheist Meetup and this, and I also organize a science meetup on the side. So I'm kind of stretched right now. So I'm looking for – my next step is going to be looking for volunteers that just want to take on a project, a, a blood drive or something like that, and just run with it. Um, but all those things are coming up. We're also going to try and put together a couple of fundraisers that – I think are a little bit unique. Uh, one of the ideas we've had is to set up a couple of volleyball nets because volleyball is, is my church and um, take people out and teach them how to play volleyball for a day. Go out in the park, $10 a person, whatever, and actually give people something in return other than just saying, hey, come to the bar, spend some money on drinks, and then give us some money. Give them something back. So we're going we're gonna to experiment with some things like that so that people actually get a little bit more value than just handing over money to a charity. Right. So, and that's going to be a little bit experimental. I've never, I've never really seen charities do something like that. But. Well, you know, the, um, you know, the Democrats and Republicans do that kind of stuff all the time. They have, that's the kind of fundraisers they have. They have their, their regular things. They have, they'll have their, you know, champagne and chocolates dinner and stuff like that. And that's pretty common for them to do that kind of stuff. And they, you know, they set, you know, it, it's going to be 50 bucks a head. And, uh, and, you know, so you come and you socialize and, you know, you eat your chocolate and you drink your champagne and, uh, and that's how they, they, they do a lot of their fundraising. Yeah. But I want to do something where people actually kind of get something back other than okay. food and drink. Cause that's pretty easy. Um, and this way, I mean, again, we're not making any money off of this, so it doesn't cost me very much to get a couple of volleyball nets, set them up in the park, okay. bring some bottled water and let people play volleyball for a couple hours. They pay 10 or 15 bucks. They get to meet people. It's social. It's fun. It's exercise. It's healthy. It's outdoors, all that good stuff. And they get a little bit something back for their money. Okay. And yet they can still take the full tax deduction too for doing the donation. Right. And hopefully we'll, we'll probably have like a keyword or something where people can actually sign up through the website, do their credit card for 10 or $15 or whatever, and then show up for volleyball. So we're going to experiment with some things like that uh, just to make it a little neat. bit more fun. Now, can you set up reoccurring stuff through this? Say, say every month I want to give $25 to these different charities and, and rotate them or something. Could, is there anything like that that you guys have set up? We so have that ability uh, okay. with the shopping cart. We just have to have them activate it, and there's a couple of things that we need to do to tweak that, but that is coming. See, because any time that you can get somebody to, to, to lock in to a recurring revenue type of thing, they don't have to think about it. They're just going to give that money every month, and they'll get used to not, to not having it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one thing we want to do. Another thing that we'd like to do, because we, we had a lot of debate on the whole 5% thing at first, and my CPA is the one that said, you're going to have expenses. You've got you've to do this. So, But one of the things we've also talked about is seeing if we can find another organization, uh, one of the national organizations, or maybe like the Gay and Lesbian Foundation. They do a lot of grants and stuff. Find somebody who will actually uh, commit themselves to paying our monthly expenses because if we don't raise any money, we don't really have much in the way of expenses. So they would say, as long as you you know make X amount of money, we will give you a grant to cover your expenses. And then everything that we have would be passed through to the charities. Oh, that would be nice. That would be great. Because um, it'd be nice to do a 100% pass through and just say, hey, you know, we didn't take anything. Somebody else covered this because we're out there working our butts off and raising money. 
You know, you may not know the answer to this, but what's the difference between giving through you and giving through the Richard Dawkins Foundation? Because doesn't he do kind of the same type of thing where you can give money through him and they give that to charities? Yeah, there's actually a couple of uh, – the humanists have one as well, and uh, there's also Freedom from relig- – uh, no, Freedom from Belief Foundation. Okay. And the Freedom from Belief Foundation – I hope I'm getting that name right. What they do is you go through their site and you donate or you do a recurring – they pick 10 different charities per quarter, and that money that you donate goes to those charities. Um, as far as I've been able to tell, Dawkins and the Humanist Group, their funds are relief funds. So when you donate to them, they give it to – right now it's going to Japanese Relief. Okay. So as far as I know, there's no other site out there that basically is kind of a reverse shopping cart like ours where you can say – Okay, I like this charity. I'll give them $20. And, ooh, I like this one too. And I'll give them 10 And, oh, that's my favorite. And I'll do 50 And do it as a, as a one-stop shop. Sure. I wasn't able to find anything like that. Certainly nothing atheist. Yeah. And I guess I should have pointed that out. That's one of the main reasons I did this also is because I went looking for this thinking that I could donate money and do some good in the name of atheism. I couldn't find anything. So yeah. I was really surprised at that. The only site that I can really think of that, that really digs in is uh, GiveWell, and they really are, are dig in and have high high standards for their for their charities. Um, yeah, but it's not necessarily is, secular. Yeah, and they have a, a – their logo is a big tree, right? I think so, yeah, GiveWell. Yeah, I, I am familiar with them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I, I don't know if they if they allow you to pick and choose and, and donate multiple, you know, different amounts to each one. I haven't uh, checked into it that far. But again, um, like Kimberly pointed out, ours is done in the name of atheism. Right. And while that may not be a big distinction to some people, uh, as far as the, the mission of trying to destigmatize atheism, we had to have it in the title. And that's – and again, you know, Bill Gates gave millions and billions of dollars, but he certainly didn't say, here's your money in the name of an atheist. Right. Uh, <laughs> so we want to uh, we want to get the word across that, that atheists are good, responsible, smart, brave people um, that are just trying to do some good for them for themselves, their fellow man, their family, good people. Yeah, just don't wear the scarlet A on our chest, most of us. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know about GiveWell is because they were featured on the Rational Al- or Rationally Speaking podcast. Okay. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they have they, they have a pie chart on here. I don't see a tree. So, so, the, but they do something, you know, interesting where they where they're looking at the effectiveness of the charity. Okay. Yeah. So they're screening them a little bit. Yeah, they're sc- they're screening them a lot. If you look at their criteria, they, they give you a list of questions that you can evaluate a criteria uh, evaluate a charity with, and it's quite extensive. Yeah, this is a different one than I, I'm looking at it now. This yeah. is different than the one I was thinking of. I will look at this. I will check with that. So yeah. So you're kind of suggesting that Atheist for Humanity is going to continue to evolve. Absolutely. Like In fact, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. One of, my, one of my big goals is um, I'd love to have this be something where we have Atheists for Humanity, Colorado, Texas, New York, um, you know, have one in every state because one of the things that we, you know, that we can't do is we can't feature local charities from every state. It would just get so overwhelming and there would be so many checks to cut and whatnot so there's thousands and thousands and thousands of charities out there it's not reasonable to put them on our site so right now we're trying to balance a little bit between some of the local ones here in denver that we believe are good and then some of the big national ones that um, people who are outside of denver may not you know may want that choice Um, but it would be great to be able to have somebody say i want to open up a branch in texas and then it's atheistforhumanity.org slash texas 
and then it takes you to a different to their shopping cart, which hopefully looks just like ours, and then they feature the national charities, but also their local ones. I'd love to see it spread countrywide. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome to have that many people involved and have that many people pushing it. Because again, the more people that are into this, that are volunteering and helping out, the more the, the word gets spread. The more media we get, the more attention we get, and the more we can start telling people, "Hey, it's all right to be an atheist." In fact, it's it's something admirable. So that's a long term goal. Well, I like the idea of the positive outreach too. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to get into politics. We all certainly have our own beliefs uh, about the way things should be, and uh, we all certainly have our opinions about religion. But that's we decided early on that that was this is not the place for that. Sure, plenty of organizations fighting, you know, separation of church and state, and you know, evolution and creationism in schools, and as passionate as we are about some of those things, this just isn't the platform because that's the only way we're going to destigmatize things is to is to do it through positive. Right. Uh, I think the more there's a fine line for atheist picketing between when you're being effective and when you're you're changing the perce- or your your perception by the public is that you're just being a pain in the ass. And I think it almost sometimes when they picket things, I think it almost I don't know generates empathy for the people that they're picketing against. Yeah. And, uh, I don't I don't think it helps as much. <laughs> no, but it, it is, I think it's important. Like the ACLU is doing a lot of fighting for separation of church and state. And but yet they also go to bat when they feel like people are being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Sure. So so I mean they try and keep a pretty balanced view. They keep you know they and keep it where it's appropriate. Yeah, but when atheists specifically go out and right. protest something as atheists, it tends to I think it tends to backfire. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I I, I mean it's unfortunate because we really should be the voice you know one of the voices at the table in those arguments. You know when they put the the uh, nativity scene on the steps of the of the Denver courthouse um, or the Capitol, whichever it is, um, that is something that certainly needs to be addressed. But when it's just atheists out there, I, I don't I don't think it does us much good. What I'd like to see is that the atheists go out and say is fight for equal representation among all the religions on the steps. Now that would be cool. Well, what would we put up there? Well, you know, not us, but you know, we would be saying, hey, if you're going to allow a Christian symbol or a christian scene then you should allow the jewish jews to put up what they want and you should allow the muslims to put up what they want and yeah yeah that i think would be i think that would actually get a lot more interesting press and i don't think i think atheists would actually be seen in a really different light if they tried something like that rather than just saying this is a separation and you can't do this and we're atheists and we you know it just it i think it backfires okay and i think yeah it, it gets the christians all pumped up and so you can't do that but if well, we said, if they if feel eat, persecuted. Yeah, yeah much absolutely. like they're persecuting us. Absolutely. Yeah. But they don't – I mean maybe they pick at atheists. I don't know. You don't see it very often, but maybe it happens. They don't have to. They've got 75% of the – you know, the nation supposedly is Christian. So um, – but I, I don't know. It, I, I just think that when we pick it in the name of atheism, uh, it tends to backfire a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we need to, to move on at this point. Yeah, we got a lot of other stuff in, in our document. So, um, Eric, you can uh, stay on with us, or um, uh, or uh, if you got other things to do, you can go about them. No, I'll hang in there for a bit. I Very really good. appreciate you guys letting me on, though. Sorry if I yeah, no problem. On so long. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> and uh, and you know, as we go through these, um, uh, don't be polite. If you got something to say, jump in. 
So I've been good at that most of my life. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're good. all about the exchange of ideas here. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So now this is the. Now we're going to move on to the article that we skipped last week, and I was already making fun of. Um, and and I said we'd be talking about. So we're going to let Ian talk about how the shape of a woman's pout may mean better sex. Is he actually here? Yeah, he's actually here tonight. Yeah, my computer's working fine, so I'm not cutting in and out. Yeah, so so, so doing good. So so do right. this quickly, would you? Okay. Um, this study oh, was it done in? I think it was the UK, wasn't it? Uh, I yeah. I probably uh, yeah. seemed yeah, I think so. Two hundred fifty-eight mainly Scottish women of mean age of twenty-seven years. Um, they did a study with them, and somehow I, I'd love to know exactly how they determined this. Um, according to their findings, the shape of a woman's lips may um, are relevant to how good of an orgasm they can have. And this is a self-reported study, right? Um, how did they get this information? I would kind of well, think uh, rating your orgasm has to be medicine. a self-reporting thing, right? Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You do. I, I, I do wonder about. It. I'm making fun of it myself, but anything that deals with sex, I enjoy talking about. And you didn't find this in the Daily Mail. Apparently not. This time. I don't think I have anything in the Daily Mail this time. So yeah, you yeah. have a hard time giving me crap over that. <laughs> we do have but it was hand. published in the Journal of um, Sexual Medicine, um, so they're giving a little legitimacy to the study there. But um, I mean, apparently the guy that does this study has done many other studies like this. He's very obsessed with looking into um, sexual ideas. And, you know, personally, I, I think the funner research would be hands-on. But um, I think that'd be a little. <laughs> so here, here are my problems with this study. One, it's two hundred, it's two hundred fifty-eight Scottish women. Okay, so that's one very, very small section of a of a population. I mean, the, how does this compare to Muslim women or Indian women or American women or maybe the Scottish maybe women just have better orgasms than? Uh... Well, see, but how how would we ever really compare that? What do we have? What what machine are we going to build to do that? I don't know, but I'd like to volunteer to help make it. Yeah, absolutely. There's <laughs> an online survey. Like I said, I'm all for the right. hands-on study level on this one. Go out, do some hands-on work, really, you know, figure it out yourself. Well, I'm presuming this one of his that links a woman's finger sensitivity to partnered sex behavior was probably hands-on. <laughs> You know, I'm all in favor of sex research. I mean, I, I, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, Bounce was a very fun book, right? But I just wonder how much I think good... I mean Bonk. Bonk, I'm sorry, well, Bonk. Also, yes, I do mean Bonk. Bounce was good, too. Bounce, yeah, Bounce was a great book. That was another thing I remember. Yeah. In the article itself, it does criticize the study for some of the same thing we're saying. You know, it says the women themselves rather than the independent party judge the criteria. So, um, you know... It's not a very accurate study, but it's definitely one of those that gets you thinking. Oh, it was it's it's fun. I just don't know of what use it is to me. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm, my question here is: it's talking about the shape of a woman's lips and the the measurement of the tubercule. Does getting collagen improve the orgasm? I'm just it's a question. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Enough said on that. Um. <laughs> We're gonna run I'll over again. again. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I've got to say, if getting collagen after two weeks of uh, yeah, right, up. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if getting collagen 
does that and improves a woman's orgasm, then that uh, actress in the new Transformers movie has got to be a firecracker in bed. That's all I've got. To say. <laughs> does collagen change the size of the tubercle? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we've got enough stuff here, and with the interview, I'm going to skip my uh, my report on al- um, the alkaline water. And we'll move that, that to next week. Yeah, it does. It does. I've got a lot going yeah. on with this here. So let's go right. ahead. That's but, why I was running late. I started reading all your stuff, and I lost track of time. I, and I I'm like, oh, crap, the podcast. Yeah. I got to get everything out and set I up. I know. Now. So let, let's, let's, let, let's go ahead and skip because I have a lot there, and I have more, too. So let's, let's move on um, to okay. our religious insanity section. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to uh, our favorite governor, Governor Perry. And uh, from Texas, who uh, who wants to have a, a, a he wants to pray for the economy, right? Is it is that the one that we're looking at here? Yes. And he wanted to pray for rain too. Last time he last time we prayed, we prayed for rain. This time we're praying for the economy. Did it actually it rain? No, it didn't. No. Well, I here don't it did. Think you pray for rain? I think that involves uh, a dance. Costumes and yeah. dance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure. All right. So so what do you got, Kim? Well, I mean, we've got two articles here, yeah. um, and they're they're pretty related. So, um, just to to be clear, so uh, Governor Perry has August sixth down as a date for a statewide prayer to Jesus, um, to as you say, save the economy and uh, I guess natural disaster and terrorism too. Um, oh, and also paying your bills because Jesus because cares about all of, that all of those is things. Somehow spiritual. If you read the second right. article, here, he says that everything that we're ha- all the problems we're having, it's all it is is a spiritual problem. That's it. Right. And right. all be up in that. And let's be fair here. He's being very inclusive. Anybody from any religion can come to this as long as they want to pray to Jesus Christ. They can't pray to right. their God. They better they have to pray to the Christian God, but all religions are welcome. Yeah, well, they, don't have to I, the, the, they just have to be willing to accept his love. Oh, that's right, because Jesus will save everybody. Yeah, so that's that's the reason I, I pointed this out. I mean, we've already got the National Day of Prayer, unfortunately, still going on, even though I believe last year they were told to stop it. They did it again this year. Um, but now, in addition to that, we've got this August 6th date. And, um, and yeah, you know, so it, it drew a bunch of attacks from people who were basically saying that, um, you know, this wasn't being fair to people of other faiths and stuff like that. And um, they came out and basically said that, um, you know, people of all faiths are absolutely um, welcome to attend. And then also admitted that it was, uh, you know, it, I think the quote was basically, um, here we go, regardless of their faith, tradition, or background, we'll feel the love, grace, grace, and warmth of Jesus Christ in that assembly hall, in that arena. It's just, it's such a, a point to the fact that they, they really don't get it. When they say the separation of church and state, they only see it as a separation of the Christian church and the American state. And they don't get, I really don't think, even though they kind of mumble towards this idea that, yes, there are people of other faiths, they, they don't seem to really believe it. Don't you think that they just live in this little world where, well, my neighbor's Christian, I'm Christian, everybody's Christian. Right. Well, it's a Christian nation. I mean, that's the marketing that they've done. It's, right. it's they've convinced right. them this is, a, it was founded as a Christian nation. They even say that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true that it was founded by Christians, <laughs> but that's as far as, you know, they, they, they don't make the difference between founded as a Christian nation and founded by Christians as a secular nation. 
But they, they, you know, not to, you know, they, they don't miss anybody. They, they, you know, they hit uh, infidelity and, uh, of course, you know, homosexuality as a, as immoral here. So, so you know, they, they, they're, uh, they're bringing up all their usual buzzwords. Right. It would be and I suppose it is true that this is not being sponsored with um, tax dollars, which is good because I think at that point then we really would have to roll over them and, yeah. and really call them to task. So they are being funded by the, you know, standard bigoted groups out there, to your point, um, you know, who apparently have just more money or as much money as God. But they're so it's funded separately. But just, you know, having a, a, a state governor and especially this – if I may, douchebag who now wants to run for president too, throwing this out there, you know, as if this day of prayer is going to help anything is just—it's just so ridiculous and um, just just missing such the point of what yeah. what I, at least I think this country is supposed to be about. Of, you know, like I say, the separation of church and state, letting people believe what they want to believe, not forcing your beliefs down other people's throats. They hit all of them. Right. <laughs> I can't get well, over it. Well, here's the problem with the day of prayer, though. It's been scientifically proven that prayer does help it as has? long as nobody knows about it. Well, okay, that's true. Eric, what were you going to say? Um, there was actually, I'm sure you guys probably, some of you guys read the uh, the God Delusion. Yep. He actually cites a study in there where prayer actually, there, there was three groups. One, everybody was terminally ill, I believe. Do you guys, are you familiar with this? Yeah, we know the study. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, in that case, it didn't really help. I mean, the people that knew it certainly didn't help, and the people who it didn't know, they didn't, it didn't seem to affect them either. So, no, what I was going to say was, wouldn't it be interesting if an atheist showed up at this meeting and refused to pray? Because I'm supporting this because I'd like the economy to get better, but I think you guys are all full of it. Right. Well, the other thing that he he's couching this is, you know, not doing this as governor, right? This is not the, the state. It's him organizing this. But let's face it. If you're the governor, you are the state. Am I wrong? Is that isn't that the perception? Well, the press will say Governor Perry. They won't right. say his, you know, Mister Perry. They'll say Governor Perry. Right. So, so it is being associated with with the state. His office, yeah. His office is bigger than his name. I mean, right. he's, yeah. It's going to be the office of Governor Perry is you know, involved in this. So that's a little disingenuous. Yeah, more than a little. <laughs> well, uh, strangely, my dad is, lives in uh, Dallas and was telling us this weekend that he actually is also. And this is kind of off the subject, but. He's trying to put in charged tolls on roads that have already been built in order to help fund the state. Yeah, they tried to do that in Colorado, too. I think he's going to get it to pass, though. Oh, well. Yeah, the guy seems like he's just a bit off his rocker. Can he get people really to agree to that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he probably can in, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Well, Bush accomplished, you know, Bush got some crazy stuff passed while he was there. Well, so. his, his, Bush's ability to deregulate stuff that should be regulated was just fantastic. Yeah. Well, and he, uh, while I was, I moved out shortly after this, but he, he's also got the, uh, concealed weapons law passed in Texas, which I thought was kind of scary, but he got that one through. How is that different than ours? Uh, I don't know how it's different now. Back in back in the day, we didn't have that in Colorado. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a, a, a fairly new thing. Um, I don't know if they had the waiting period at the time or not. It was just kind of scary that um, they would let people wear concealed weapons anywhere. And, and now Colorado has it too. But at the time, it was kind of frightening. Yeah, I think in Texas, the... though, it's it's mandatory, isn't it? <laughs> in, in Texas, I think that they pat you down, and if you're not carrying, they give you a gun and fine you. I think in Alaska is the same way. It's like, do, do you have a weapon? Uh, no, no, really, it's okay. Do you have well, a weapon? There's a good reason in Alaska. <laughs> well, here's one right now. 
there's an excellent reason in Alaska. It's because of bears. It's seriously. The, the law in Alaska is because you have to be able to defend yourself against wildlife. The law in Texas is more traditional in nature to do with Texas's, uh, you know, frontier past. I don't know. I have my concealed weapons permit. <laughs> so does he think that uh, Jesus doesn't know there's a recession going? He just hasn't gotten the memo yet? He's just it's, waiting for people to really gather together and really mean it when they say that they don't. Haven't you guys? Boring. Haven't you watched Mr. Deity? He'll he'll listen to like three messages and delete the other millions. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get a big loud one going, you might get his attention. Well, can you blame him when you know a million messages are? Oh God, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> or oh God, please, I'll never drink again. Right, exactly. That's the other one. <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking about the the Jim Carrey movie Bruce Almighty, where. He's looking at all these prayers in in his email, and he hits yes to all. And so, like, 10 million people won the lottery. (laughs) And everybody got a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jewish court sentences dog to death by stoning. And this has been updated as of today by Sean, who... um Found, the initial thing I, I thought was just silly, but and it was just silly because apparently it um someone invented it. Uh, apparently, a dog did actually um come into the courtroom, but um according to the authorities, um there was nothing about sending it to Sony, nothing about being a reincarnated lawyer. The story, however, claims that um in a Jewish court, a dog entered the room and disrupted things. And one of the judges proclaimed it to be the reincarnated spirit of a um, lawyer from 20 years ago that he had problems with. And, they had cursed. Um, yeah. They had cursed to trans to for yeah. his spirit to enter the body of a dog. And so, in order to um, deal with this beast, they sentenced it to stoning, but it escaped before they could carry out the sentence. So the um, updated thing says yes. Um, the, although it doesn't actually say who did it or anything else. It just said that the paper that originally printed it has issued a, a apology and credit. But it just it, – it, yeah. it's, it's almost believable. That's one of the you things. Know, well, I mean you it's – you, you say that. I mean what the, the problem – one of the issues with this is that it was probably not originally published in English. So you have to deal right. with the translation as well. And so what was the agenda of the translator? You know, to sensationalize it, and and it's harder to fact check something that wasn't originally in English too. Absolutely. Maybe the writer was maybe the writer was trying to get a job at the Onion. Right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know what? I would give him one. The translator. Yeah. <laughs> the translator. So. All right, but in another in another uh, episode of where are you finding these websites? Uh, Ian, you're off this one. Uh, John, Fellowship of the Minds. I mean, you know, I just did a. I just did a Google search for the <laughs> article, and I added the counterpoint because of that. Okay. The original article, I tried to open it up, and the article wasn't coming up. No page found, so I did a, a search to update the document, and I found the the okay. counterpoint, and it's like, okay, well, I'll stick it in there. Yeah. It's saying the opposite. We uh-huh. can debate it. Yeah, I just love the stuff we come up with in our in our eternal search for the truth. Uh, we we the do not leave any rock unturned. No, Fellowship of Minds is a conservative website. So, uh, one of their sections is called left wing pathology. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna have to go back. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. 
All right. All right. What's so let's next? move on. That you know what? Where Ian's going to tell us about Jew Watch. This is this is oh, just fantastic. I oh, think it oh, needs yeah. its own. I think it needs its own '80s style TV theme. <laughs> you know what? If you you think this was a joke, I thought we talked about this. Did we not talk about this? Probably we did it off the air. The, oh, we moved it, huh? So we we must have talked about it in post or in yeah. prior. Okay, all right. So so Ian, tell tell us about uh, tell us about well, you watch. I can't remember how I found this site, but I found it and I was looking at, it, and basically it is um a site that claims how evil the Jews are and how they are set to take over the world. And um, you look through it, and it seems like just about everything can be blamed on the Jews. Everything. You know, growing up with a Jewish grandmother, I, I'm not so sure they're wrong. <laughs> I felt dirty looking at this site. They're getting money off my clicks. Ew. <laughs> I get away from here. Uh. And, and of course, you know, you have the, um, you know, anti-Holocaust stuff on here saying that, you know, that was all a fraud. Um, the Jews are apparently associated with 9-11. And Brian went and found one that's really close to home claiming that basically the Columbine shootings were of Jewish origin. Yeah. No, the reason I chose this, I looked, I, I did a, a search on their site for something in Colorado. I that well, I mean, there's so much here that we ought to find something local. And so they, they take the site and they, they take an article that somebody published and they say, but, you know, they, they, they assert that these people got it wrong and that, and then they tell you what actually happened here with, with no references and no verification whatsoever. So there, so a lot, of, so most of this is absolutely fabricated and wrong. Um, even when they reference well, the Grudge Report, the they don't link to it. In a school that's going to be primarily Christian, 13 people are um, killed, and not one of them a Jew. Okay? So that obviously means that they Jews specifically went around and... It's not really a... Not high. It's not really... They're not hard to find. They're around. Yeah, but, but it's not, you know... Well, okay, so the, the point is, is that the, these areas are primarily... Christian areas, and and you're right. Most people at the school are going to be, um, they're they're going to be Christians, and so any so when you go in and you start killing people, yes, the majority of the people you're going to kill are Christians. When statistically, that's what you've got to kill. Um, they they also go well, on, and one could one could also make the argument about Columbine, though, that didn't they pretty much have a list of people that they were after? The kids who went in there didn't they have a, a specific group of people they were after? They, no, they were no, no. They did have preferred targets, but uh, they were willing to deviate. But they were primarily targets that had bullied them. Isn't that? Isn't that exactly? Yeah. So it didn't matter. They didn't care their race. But then they, they also talk about uh, these kids were gay, and that you know that the the, the Jew, didn't the, was don't the they Jews' favorite group? Yeah, the Jews' favorite group are the gays. The Jews have as many problems with the gays as anybody. I mean, look at the First Testament. I thought the Jews' favorite group was the Jews. <laughs> exactly. And that that's true. So who actually owns updates and or is the driving force behind this website? I don't know. That's not drive traffic, though. Somebody with a lot of time, apparently. No. Yeah, they're lot, uh, they're also implying that – they're also implying that the um, the Jews are – that Russia is all Jewish, or that the USSR was Jewish, and but no, they do give one they name. They persecuted their might Jews be as much enough. as anybody. James, James Stenzel. Stenzel. Apparently, I saw that. Yeah, he, he's the one who's presenting this. So, I mean, so I mean, maybe he's an alias from about him, but... well, What's that, Eric? 
I said, maybe it's an alias for Mel Gibson. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, this He's is... He's got some trouble there, right? Yeah, this is, well, it's clearly anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, the picture at the top of the page is Zionist Leon Trotsky. Yeah. Okay, James like, uh, Denzel. I'm looking for not, information not on him. He, he must be on Wikipedia, right? Nope, not. not finding a wiki page on him yet. I mean, but, but I mean, look, uh, Jews, mind control, mechanics, you know. <laughs> but like I said, you know, looking at just the one article, I mean, they assert so much information. They, they There's no sources that they reference. Um, and like I said, even when they call a source, they don't they don't reference it. Um, in here, in addition, the news media refused to report what was said in the Drudge Report. These two punks were homosexuals. Now, I don't know if that's true, but the, the, there's no, you know, they reference the Drudge Report, but, you know, there's no link there. You, you kind of got to go get it on your own, which I haven't done. But if if it was the case, don't you think that they would link to the source and reference themselves? But they, that that's really not part oh, of their agenda. I don't care about that. Yeah. It's not I'm about facts. It's, about, it's not about facts. It's promoting um, the paranoia that attracts people. Well, and even the language. These punks were homosexuals? I mean, yeah. it's, it's certainly appealing to a very small section of people. It is. But you, you know now, here's something interesting. I just... I just turned up something interesting about Jew Watch on their on the Wikipedia Wikipedia page about them. Mm-hmm. I guess the original owner of this was a guy by the name of Frank Weltner, and he had set up multiple websites soliciting funds for Katrina victims, and those funds were redirected to his website, Jew Watch. So essentially, he was taking advantage Lovely. of people's compassion. Uh, apparently, the Jews were behind the hurricane, also. Well, of course. well, you know they, they've got to keep up because it was uh, it was you know God who uh, who sent the earthquake to Haiti. Well, I don't know. God did all the big stuff for the Jews in the Bible. <laughs> well, they're the chosen people. Wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know. There might be something to this. What do you think, Brian? I don't know. So, he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. He knocked down the walls of Jericho. <laughs> hey, they had it coming. <laughs> Maybe somebody opened the Lost Ark in the desert for thirty years. Uh, all right. Well, move on. Wait, what's the What's the next article here? A fight over a girl. I'm sorry, Eric. Did you have something to add? I, I just had a question. Yeah. Um, as, as As skeptics, do you guys get like a weird feeling in your gut when you start like diving into this kind of stuff? Because uh. I just went on this website. I'm not even willing to dive into it because. I feel kind of ill. Yeah, I mean, that's my reaction to too. be a skeptic. Yeah. You have to be you have to be willing to to like really dive in and listen to the arguments, right? Well, okay, How I tried that. that. I chose an article, huh? right? I, I chose an article to try and do that with, and it was so disgusting. The language of it, it was so disgusting that it's difficult to do. I I don't know how you do that. I I'm I, I agree. Yeah, there are times where it does get a bit hard, right? But I went far enough to find an article that was local. What's that say about me? <laughs> it says you're committed. You don't care about the rest of the world. <laughs> it shows that you browse is, globally um, but react locally. The... <laughs> if if you want people to think about this stuff, there's a level of let's go and do it ourselves, and that way, really, these people don't have to. They can get the insight at least, the missed idea of the existence of. Because a lot of people, you're right. A lot of people will avoid dealing with ideas they don't like. 
And to some extent, that's almost the purpose of a podcast like ours is to look at ideas that people don't like to have to deal with and say, hey, listen, they're out there. Deal with them. Yeah. You don't have to go and do the research we do, but think about it. Look at it. We're giving you some facts. We're giving you some things to think about. Well, we I'll don't tell expect you, what, you to go into the detail we go into. Yeah, it is but much we want easier. People to start thinking and being willing to at least acknowledge stuff yeah. like this that it's, they don't like. It's much easier to just look at Bigfoot and UFOs, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really hard to look at Bigfoot though, actually, because he's always blurry. Well, that's true because of the wormholes. You gotta, you gotta be willing to dive into some of the ugly stuff, yeah, in order to learn about it and, and to really right. just say, okay, is there something to this? No, no, there isn't. Um, but you got to be able to dive into it. You know, it's, it's – and... Go ahead, Kim. Oh, I, I didn't want to interrupt. you want to finish, Sean? No, I, I, I was just – I was blathering. Okay. Oh, okay. No, it's just – it's interesting you should bring this up because I was thinking about it. One of the last articles that we put in there for fun was the uh, the, the crazy sex in the Bible one. Um, oh yeah. And I was yes. just thinking about this, and we talked we talked about um, the Bible a lot last week too. You know, the, the with the Sodom and Gomorrah and Onan and all of these different things. And it, I, I came away from that podcast thinking to myself, you know, we spend a lot of our time trying to um, to understand the Bible so that we can kind of argue it to the believers. Right. And I just kind of wonder, in a similar type of way of you know, kind of digging in and, and getting it and understanding it, if we really are being effective or if it is just a terrible waste of time or or what um and i don't have a real answer i didn't come to a conclusion with my thought but it's just kind of a weird you know i know people in in the skeptical and atheist movement who really do spend a lot of time being able to 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 fire back chapter and verse with this kind of stuff and i just kind of wonder is that giving them more power that way you know and and like i say and by the same token stuff like this jew watch thing like you know you dive into it because you want to understand it so that you can refute it but at what point does diving in literally drown you in the stupidity and the horror of it i i don't know it was just it was just a thought i had the other day about it it would almost it almost seemed like if you dove in too much it would turn you into such a, a cynic uh to the human race you know right <laughs> the more of this stuff you'd be like oh god are we just the monk we can't call ourselves monkeys that's an insult to monkeys <laughs> you know we we do spend a lot of time we we do spend a lot of the, time the, looking at stupid stuff i mean we 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 the best defense is something we we spend a lot of time looking at at people's dumb arguments and trying to pick them apart, yeah. and and I think that the, I I don't know I I think at some point it's necessary, but yeah maybe it does. Do, I mean, spending too much time on Jew Watch is probably going too far because it's it's a fringe element and it's probably not going to come up, and, and it's disgusting. Well, another side, well, another side that disturbed me greatly was um who was it Christian soldiers or something like that soldiers for God, and it was a site that was basically applauding. Um, people who go and kill abortion doctors and blow up abortion clinics. Yes. It was a site that was turning them all and that into was heroes. pretty reprehensible. And that, you know, that, that was one that I went into, and I real, that site really bothered me, but it's like, no, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to see what they say, I want to see what their ideas are. Not because I want to convince them, but because I want to see just how foolish they are, and I want to try and figure out this mindset, because I don't believe that being ignorant of something is going to make you better about it. I believe if you know there's a problem out there and you face it, and you start trying to learn about it, you're going to be more likely to be able to help others combat it as well. 
So to me, it's more about making sure I have the tools to look at this stuff and um, separate logic from stupidity and that I'm able to actually pass that on in some ways, you know, to my kids, to other people that ask me about it. Because I'm actually surprised at how many conversations come up now where thanks to having done the research here on amateur skeptics, I'm more knowledgeable than everyone else at the table and say, listen, this is what's going on with that issue you guys are talking about. Because right. a lot of people have just bits and pieces and don't do any more than that. And that's what they base ideas off of. And also, Ian, you wouldn't want to get caught flat-footed someday. You know, you wouldn't want to suddenly have your kid pop up with this website and say, Dad, what's this about? No, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I spent... you got to find out about this stuff to be able to protect your kids. Yeah. I, I know. And sometimes we spend a lot of times where, where, you know, the answer is up front and simple, but you dig into it more just so that you have more knowledge so that you can back up your argument even better. And Right. Uh, yeah. I uh, guess... I guess Stuff like this, too, watch, is just, it gets to a new level of disturbing. You know, the Bible pushers and things like that, or the proselytizers, that's one thing. But reading this kind of stuff, uh, where it's, you know, it's, it, it feels very hateful, that's, that's, it, tough. Like said, um, if you really want to move to the next level, um, I think it was Soldiers for Christ, Soldiers for God, something like that. That is a, a disturbing, disturbing, disturbing website. It is, you know, it's scary that, that, you know, they basically say these murderers are heroes and are, God will save them because they, you know, killed in the name of God kind of thing. And then of course you have God hates fags, stuff like those sites right. out there as well. There's a lot of hate yeah. out there. A lovely and, Westboro Baptist you know, church. Right. Yeah. 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 So, wow. yeah, there's, well, there's no end of it. That's the thing is that there's no end and we're being almost I don't know. There's a complete wash of it, you know, that that just constantly is being washed over people of of some of the stuff that people are doing to each other. Yeah. All right. Do do we want to talk about the the fight over the girl and, and God? Or do we no, want to go on well, it does touch on what we fun. talked about. <laughs> it touches on what we talked about last week, which is the same sex marriage being approved in New York. So I'd say let's talk yeah. about it. All right. Go ahead. All right, so the story is a lesbian couple. Um, let's see, who was it? Lisa Miller and Janet Jenkins. Basically, um, through in vitro fertilization, um, had a um, baby. Through I think it was Lisa who actually gave birth. Um, and for you know a while they had shared custody and were raising it. Then apparently, um, started in two thousand three, I guess, when Lisa Miller converted to Christianity. And decided that um, her whole lesbian lifestyle had been evil and wrong. And so she took the daughter, who she legally only had joint custody of, and disappeared with her. Because she wouldn't let the daughter, you know, the daughter can't be raised by an evil lesbian who's going to corrupt her spirit, basically. And there's actually a religious movement who's doing all they can to help Lisa and Isabella, who's the daughter, um, be safe from the other legal guardian of this young girl. By hiding her um, in Nicaragua, I believe, is what they were saying. Because how evil it is for <laughs> the whole lesbian lifestyle. And like I said, there's a religious group who is actively doing all they can to um, hide the girl and um, Lisa Miller. It's You know, we are going to continue to see this kind of stuff until we can get rid of this fundamentalist idea that homosexuality is a choice. I, I, and and, and, see, and Kim, you'll thing... have to speak to this. Is, is it a choice? I've never heard. I've never heard a, um, a gay or lesbian person, homosexual person, who says, "Yeah, I made this choice." It's just the way they are. Most people. It's 
every yeah, time it's, I've it's ever seen it. It's one of those ones I, I – I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, every time I've ever seen it, the person's always had a tendency toward it. Every, every, every time they've had a tendency toward it from a very early age. Yeah. So – Kim? I always find this a really disturbing conversation because, on the one hand, certainly I, I I can't imagine being in a relationship with a guy. I just don't think it would work for me. So in that sense, it's not a choice. But the sense that it if it were simply a choice, that it would be unacceptable as a choice, seems to me to be the biggest amount of bullshit. Okay. And I don't want to. I don't like playing the science card. Okay, of okay. I was born gay. I don't okay. want to play God right. made me this way. But I guess the, it doesn't matter okay. if it's a choice or not. But the reason that, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. But but at the same time that, I don't see, that's think a it's fair, a choice. Fair argument. Yeah, that that's a really good argument. Yeah. I you know And in this case in the article, the only reason that the um the life the lifestyle was bad is because it's lesbian goes against God's word. There's nothing there about abuse, anything wrong being done. You know, you read some of this sounds like they probably had a fairly good situation. So the yeah. only evil thing that they're protecting from is the lesbian lifestyle, and that's it. Well, you know, the I, the reason I brought that up is, you know, I uh, I have a friend, Clint, and we've had this discussion, and he says there's no reason that I would choose this, mm-hmm. and and so, but I understand your point that 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 even if it was a choice, why would that matter? I, I get that too. And actually, yeah, I just case, I don't like the idea you know, you of science deciding mother. this one. No, I, I and I think you make a good point. The only reason that the other the other thing is is that you know their their excuses is that if we and it's a slippery slope argument, right? So it's not valid. But if we if we make gay marriage legal, then then more people will choose to to have gay marriages, and there will be less straight people, and eventually we won't you know the population won't reproduce, which is an insane argument. It's well, because we're all be marrying animals, remember. We're programmed to reproduce. Let me, let me throw this out there about this situation. There's one thing about this situation that makes me happy, which is that the law is actively supporting her and uh, actively supporting not Lisa Miller, but actively supporting her partner, Janet Jenkins, in trying to get her child right. back and essentially to to take the, uh, you know, to and, take the parent... The, the non-custodial parent into custody. And they're saying yeah. uh, a life in hiding, running from the police, is going to be better for this little girl than being raised by a lesbian. Ugh, it, it, that's just disgusting. And it's, and it, and it sounds like a stable home. Like, no, we can't have you in a stable home because there's a lesbian church. We have to take you on the run. Make sure you're hiding. Make sure you can't really make much in the way of friends or um, anything like that because you're going to be on the run for your life. Like, wait a moment. That's better? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the Mennonites are kind of a little weird group anyway. I mean, you know, if you get into, you know, they're they're one of these kind of smaller little French Christian groups. I, I, I would not, even though I'm not a fan of any kind of real Christian religion, um, these guys are really kind of on the, on the edge of the thing. So it's not too surprising that they, they would be kind of behind this illegal thing in, in order to make their point because that's kind of who they are. Yeah. Aren't they similar in some of their beliefs to the to the Amish? I believe that they are. Yeah, I think so. They're they're all about simplicity and they're all about You know, but there's a range Although too. I have, there, there there are I Amish, have to admit I, I was gonna say there are Amish sorry, that, you know, that live in houses and have electricity now. I mean there there's a range just like anything else. They're uh, Nuevo yeah. Amish. Yeah, it's a spectrum disorder. 
<laughs> and they they are they are one of those groups that really preaches peace and everything, but um, but they're but they are pretty fringy about it. So. Yeah, have I'd have a hard time research, though. I think before we got a full thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have a hard time seeing uh, you know, a group of Amish, you know, on a fast getaway, trying to get this, <laughs> trying to get this uh, Lisa Miller away from custody. Well, the, there's the Amish man that was picking up you know young girls, you know, and he and he showed up in his horse and buggy. That was in the that was you know just a couple weeks ago. Yep. Did it work? Um, apparently it was a sting <laughs> operation, and he got caught. <laughs> All right, Ian. The next two articles. They knew he was Amish because he was because he was chatting in these and thous. <laughs> Let me just throw this one little thing. All in right, there. You stir know the goes, pot a little more. Clop, clippity clop, clippity clop, bang, reload, 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 bang, reload, 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 bang. Amish drive by. Yeah, Amish drive by. Amish drive by. All right, Ian. You you have a choice. You have, you have two articles here. Which one do you want to conclude with? Oh, you I'm have three articles. I want to conclude with the raunchy Bible thing. You want to go with the raunchy Bible? Oh, we have two. Um, you can conclude. I would really go with the 9-11 hate crime victim save, seeks to save his attacker. And then follow I mean, the Ronchi Bible. Bible. I, no, no, no. I won't mention the Ronchi Bible. You okay. get, you get, one, you get one more article. Whatever the next thing is, you wrap up with. Ah. Ah. Okay, we'll save the Ronchi Bible next time. All right. Um, this, well, this wait, one the Ronchi Bible thing is fine. As... Oh, it is? Yeah, take a look. No, it is. Uh, all right. I just secretly what? edited that. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> right there. I see it. Uh, whatever. Fine. We'll do the nine eleven hate crime victims, and then we'll we'll go ahead and we'll finish up with uh. Something positive, because as we have often said, we're not trying to judge religion, and when we see some some religious person doing it right, we want to praise them because. There is value in their beliefs, taking them on the right path. And this is definitely one of those cases. Apparently about a week and a half after the uh, September 11th um, attacks, a man in Dallas went around and was shooting Muslims. He would just walk in. If he thought they were Muslims, he would shoot them. And one of his victims who was shot in the face and survived is um, talking in, in this article. He talks about, all the harm done to him and his family and how you know, his family didn't know if he was going to live or die and that caused problems with them and there was you know, a lot of issues. But in the end, and this is you know one of those things that obviously the anti-Muslim crowd is going to hate, his words are, I strongly believe executing him is not a solution. We will just simply lose a human life without dealing with the root cause, which is hate crime. In Islam, it says that saving one human life is the same as saving the entire mankind. Since I forgive him, all those principles encouraged me to go even further and stop his execution and save another human life. He's saying That's that beautiful. his teachings tell him to forgive this guy and say, you know, just killing him is not going to solve anything. You have to work on something more than that. And that, that's definitely where the problem lies in this kind of thing. And this is one of those things that to me is religion being very positive and doing the right thing for once. And it's always good to see. All right. There's another, there's another quote up here, a couple of paragraphs up. It says, according to my faith in Islam, there is no hate, no killing. It doesn't allow anything like that. Yes, Mark Stroman did a horrible thing, and he brought a lot of pain and disaster, sufferings in my life. But in return, I never hated him. Uh, this man is a beautiful, beautiful human being. Oh, yeah. And right. that, that's the idea everyone should live by. And not, not enough people, you know, Christian, Muslims, anything, a lot, any religion, not enough people live by that idea. They, they get hurt. They see others hurt. They want to blame someone. You know, we, we even just talked about Jew watch, 
um, you know, soldiers for Christ, God hates fags. You know, all those we we talk about that stuff so often. The negative groups, the groups that really you know spread the hate, spread the um, cause the problems, and we don't talk about this kind of stuff enough. And so I, I always love it when I see something like this and we can focus on and say, hey, listen, that, you know, despite what we often talk about, there is positive people out there who believe in the religions. And, you know, they this just man don't is get still, hurt enough. Right. That's, well, we, this we, man we, is still carrying half a face full of birdshot yeah. and he can forgive. Well, we certainly talk about the, the vocal minority here, right? We talk about that. We talk about the ones that are the most vocal. Right. Because they do the most harm. Yes. So. But, and once more, you know, we've said before, and I just said a little bit ago, I'll say again, we're not anti-religion. We're anti-stupid religion that causes problems. All right. Okay, so you guys want to trash the Bible now? <laughs> and we should preface this with, this That's is at cracked.com, right? So, so <laughs> the six raunchiest, most depraved sex acts from the Bible. Site. Uh, it's tongue-in-cheek, okay? Yes, but it's based on what's really in the Bible. Well, the six raunchiest, most depraved sex acts from the Bible. Well, and this is tongues are being applied to which cheeks? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it goes to so, the infamous Lot and his daughters. Yes. And how you know what kind of wine was he drinking? Ought to be so drunk he doesn't remember um, getting it on with his daughters two nights in a row. It was roofies. <laughs> Yep, they make a reference to that later. Then it goes into um, come on, Job, his and the two it? sisters. Yeah, it's Job, two sisters, and what the hell, a handmaiden? Jacob, it's Jacob. Jacob, oh, I'm sorry, Jacob. 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 Yeah, well, apparently the, a, a switcheroo was pulled. He he thought he was getting to hook up with the attractive daughter, but the father switched, and he ended up with the unattractive daughter. And there's something in it that makes it sound like the handmaiden was in there watching. And then, of course, after he hooks up with the unattractive daughter, he says, well, I'll work another seven years to get um, your second daughter. Set, set so, the first like, recorded baby switch. Um, oh. uh, well, you know, when you're brown bagging it. <laughs> then next we have... Um, God gives tips next on how is, to hold oh, your the, load. The next one I talked about um, last time, and I have the name now, Onan who, as we said, is basically, um, his story is the reason why um, they claim that masturbation is um, a bad thing. Now, this one I really love because it got into the fact that it's talking about spilling seed. So why is it bad for a woman to masturbate? Because it doesn't actually say that in the Bible at all. They even give the impression of that. See, but so, we, can relate um, the, we can relate this back to a serial killer that, that, uh, that killed President Kinsey who was a member of a sect that believed that that men should learn to hold their load and when they're having sex. Okay, I'm going to coin a new word here. Onangasm. Onangasm? <laughs> yep. All right. And what what else you got? So What's the last one? On to page two. <laughs> um, well, I thought you were going to say one is actually Onan's father. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was just going to say this thing about the counter-argument. What if God has no righteous purpose for your semen on that particular day, and you're just bored? <laughs> I thought she was a prostitute, but she was my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Next yeah, okay, time so I'm Maury. This the same family as Onan, okay? So apparently his father's trying to pick up a prostitute, 
And he doesn't realize at the time that it's actually his daughter-in-law, who's the one that Onan was supposed to knock up. Uh, but this is because he was wearing a veil. And they make a whole big thing about how veils apparently are a great excuse in the Bible as to um, ending up in the wrong person, as we saw with the um, Jacob thing. Because the you know, also he was doing wearing a veil. Now, I love the end here. It's like, uh, note that the first key fairman above is the same who um, got to witness Onan being slain by the Lord for whatever, uh, getting right back on the horse, only instead of a horse, it's Judah, Onan's dad. Score. If you don't think that's hot, you've never been to a really drunk family reunion where everyone's wearing veils and no one is aware it's a family reunion. Uh, all right, Sodom gives boobies ten fingers up. <laughs> Apparently, um, one of the verses um, titled Song of Solomon is all about breasts. you got to love the Bible when it goes... You see, that would have made it worth reading. I mean... If, if every you know couple pages they have a whole big obsession with breasts, yeah, that right. would be God and girls. But you read it and it just is really obsessed yeah, yeah, with yeah. breasts. God and girls. Although, the best one is my beloved put his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were removed for him. Oh man! All right. You know it's like going down the sewer in a glass bolt, a glass boat. I may be in the shit, but I'm clearly above it. <laughs> I thought the uh, view was just wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> God and girls, go. Yes, the final one is referring to giants hooking up with the average female. <laughs> Apparently it's in Genesis. There were giants on the earth in those days, and when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bore children, the same became mighty men. And this definitely goes to some messed up place. Because they're talking about how legitimately you would think if a giant man hooked up with a normal-sized female, that would be one big-ass baby. And, uh, That's definitely not natural childbirth. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's something fun, something to, you know, you want some good laughs, definitely read. I, I always recommend Crack.com. They're great at the tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. They take real stuff that's really out there. And you know, all right, work with it. Is there you know, anything this, else? This actually kind of outkinks Zeus in Greek mythology. <laughs> no, all right. Is there any, is there anything else? <laughs> Eric, you're still get you're still saying Zeus tops it. You may golden rain, right. golden rain, right. golden showers, bestiality. Yeah. All right. Hey, Eric Muir, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, we're off yeah, we the enjoyed rails. you tonight, Eric. Are, you. are you sure you want to be associated with this? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, all right. All right. Hey, say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. All right. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, no derivatives, 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 